You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I hope wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing, you are doing especially well. You're about to listen to my conversation with Anthony Bray, a.k.a. Abaddon, the longtime drummer for UK metal overlords Venom, or these days they're called Venom Inc. The discussion originally went to air on the 5th of September 2017 on 4 Z Digital. Let's cut to the chat with Abaddon. Here we go. So, Abaddon, I want to offer you a heartfelt welcome to the Scars and Guitars podcast. It's not every day that you get an opportunity to chat to a member of a band that inspired a whole style of music, so I first want to congratulate you on an outstanding career and for, for producing a revered body of work. When you look back all of those years ago to when Venom formed, did you think that the early albums would be so sought after for their stylistic and lyrical content and that 35 years later that you would release an album as strong as Ave? Um, no, to be fair. I think the, the, the main reason for that, um, I would quantify it, is so much opposition um, from amongst um, the metal community as well as, you know, other sources. Um, we weren't a, the sort of band who, um, who were easily liked. Um, it's not really until we, uh, until we broke up in, um, in the end of the 80s, that um, other bands started coming through and citing us as influencers. Mm-hmm. So you'd get, people, you'd, you'd get various different factions. You'd have somebody who liked Pantera um, and somebody who liked Cradle of Filth. Those, those two genres had split by then. Yes, you're right. Um, and, yeah. and the bands up in, 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 in Scandinavia doing the hard, hard, dark black metal. They'd taken black metal as their genre. Um, and 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 you, and you have Slayer doing something completely different, but then both bands would be citing Venom as an influence, and you'd have people who would look at it and go, "Hang on, that band must have had something about them. There must be something about Venom that ties all this together." Um, and now, with a bit with a bit of longevity, people see that the importance of Venom wasn't necessarily about the beauty of the music or the musicianship, um, or you know, clever artwork or, or or anything like that. But they see that the band was fresh and original and different and very much um, uh, straightforward and steadfast, you know. We, um, I mean, away, for, away from, from the music, if you look at the logo, it was the first logo that was difficult to read. Yes, you spot um, on. We yep. were the first band, first, band, first, first band that did photographs where I deliberately hid my face. Uh, you know, I used to get into arguments with the record company boss who would say, you, you've sent more photographs here where we can't even see who you are. And I'm like, yeah, but that's part of it. I don't particularly want to stand there with a smiling face being called Abaddon in a band called Venom with a song called In League With Satan. You know, I yeah. want to, to kind of have this air of mystery. Um, and and that, that whole thing, you know, came about from us. Um, it, it, it wasn't deliberate, I don't think, to say, you know, we, A, we need a logo. B, we need band names that are weird. We, it, it all happened very, very naturally for us. Um and, and it was just part of being lads in the northeast of England, which, which was a pretty rough area in the, in the, the end of the 70s. You know, there was, was a lot of um, the, the minor strikes were happening. The, uh, there was a lot of football hooliganism. Yes. There was a big thing with um, punks and skinheads over here. Punk, punk was still pretty fresh. Skinheads were still um, going to football matches and kicking the shit out of anybody with long hair and vice versa. 
Um, and there was a lot of violence and a lot of anger amongst you know parents because they were the, you know the, the shipyards were closing, um, factories were closing, and, and people were were on the dole. Um, it was it was pretty hard, you know. And we grew up in the middle of that, wanting to make music. So the music was always going to be angry. It was always going to be a bit rough. And the fact that, the fact that we didn't um, have um, much technical ability meant that we just got in a garage and beat the shit out of it and beat our anger out in the instruments. And the fact that mm. some songs came out of that was 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 happenstance, really. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a really good point. Now, one question I want to ask you then before I start talking about Ave, if that's okay, is where did the inspiration behind the you know the satanic theme and the devil theme come from? Again, that was I mean that was just something that we were all interested in. It's you know it's it's no secret that that, that sort of thing runs through through. Um, History of heavy metal, even even light stuff like Ozzy or Dio, you know. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I mean, lighter stuff. Sorry, not light, but lighter stuff. Um, so we we just took it to the to the extra degree, same as we did with everything. We just took it to the, to the worst degree we could. Um, and um, I mean, if if you talked about um, religious leanings or anything like that, I think we were basically all just atheists. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. we, we didn't like what we heard coming out, sto- stories coming about about the priesthood and, and Catholic mm. schools and all this kind of thing. So it, it, it was pretty easy to write lyrics, to be honest, to write blasphemous lyrics. It was pretty easy. Um, it, it, it was in the, in the newspapers every day, so there'd be some thing going on. Um, so, it, you know, it, it was right there in front of us. It was, it was pretty straightforward. Um, and I think the thing that when we started going to places like Brazil or even when we were in Italy or Spain, who are, you know, they're predominantly religious places. Very Catholic, yeah. Um, and the people that we were playing, yeah, very Catholic. And the people that we were playing to were very impressionable, 15, 16, 17-year-olds who were kicking against their parents and against <laughs> the schools and yeah. the churches and the way they'd been brought up. So, so, you know, we were preaching to the masses without trying to, you know, we were often asked, are you trying to make some sort of a, a coven here or get these people to, to sign up to, to your version of events. Hmm. And we were like, no, no, we're not, we're, we're just, a, we're just, a, we're just a band and these people happen to like it. But you know, we, we've, society has set up, um, uh, um, a, 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 a big bunch of people who feel the same as us and are kicking against, you know, this, 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 this big, strong religious way they're brought up. Um, so for this, they're just sitting there waiting for us to come along and say, you know what it is, it's all shit, and yeah. they'll all agree with us. <laughs> it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't difficult. Yeah, no. Okay, no, thanks for the for the context there. I've always wanted to ask you guys that, because I am a long-time fan of the band. You wouldn't believe, but the first album I got into was Primeval, uh, way back in... Um, on... Well, that's my favourite that's, that's my, yeah, album. Great. By, okay. by far. Excellent, yeah. I'm so glad that you guys haven't come out in the media and started to slag your back catalogue either. Um, just a quick story, I'm a big fan of Ozzy Osbourne's solo work, more so a fan of his solo work than I am of him in Black Sabbath, to be honest. I always preferred Dio in Sabbath than Ozzy in Sabbath, but I never appreciated it the way Ozzy yeah. came out and started to slag on the ultimate sin or the albums that had J.K. Lee as the guitarist, because they're my favourite two albums from him. Um, and I, yeah. I, I love, and I'm, I'm quite sincere when I say this, I love the albums you did with Tony uh, from 1989 through to 1992. They were my favourite albums because that's the era that I got into you guys through and I actually went back from there and got into Welcome to Hell and, and Black Metal. And, of course, you wouldn't have a reason to slide right. off on those albums, but 
you know, bands, especially with such a storied history as you guys have got, and you've had different member, band members and the like, sometimes there's a tendency to come out in the media and go, oh, don't worry about that album, we were going through that then. I mean, it really helped me retain a sense of, um, I'm not going to say ownership, but it's a part of my, my youth, it's a part of the way that I grew up, Primeval. Well, that's, I mean, that's right there in a nutshell is what, you know, what, what um, we get from people who say, you know, it, it meant this much to me and it means that much. And it took me a long time to realize that because I, I'm a music fan, but my, my stuff was obviously, you know, way before that with Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin and whatnot. Um, but yeah, you know, there's, there's a certain, I'll hear a Led Zeppelin track start and it takes me right back to being at school, you know, and it's like, well, there's not much can do that. Smells can do it. You walk past the bakery or something, and you you know you get that smell, and you think, oh wow, and and music does that, and it's there's not many things that mm. do that to you, which you know, but it, it makes the hairs on your arms stand up. You know, it's doing it now to me, and I'm just talking about it, and it's like you know, music does that, and it means so much to people who who who, who get into it. Well, um, and what I love about about metal fans as well is I've I've recently just got married. Um, congratulations! And my wife yeah. isn't into. But my wife's a lot younger and she doesn't get into our type of music, but she absolutely, absolutely loves music. And quite often I have a conversation on Facebook or something and people say, oh, what does what Rachel listen to? And I'll tell them. And they'd be like, yeah, but she loves music. She just loves music. And it's like, they get it. And it's like, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter whether it's not Slayer. It doesn't mm. matter whether it's not Metallica or something. It's like, she just loves music. And, and I love the fact that as she's grown up, these all, all the things that she's listened to are going to, she's going to carry them with her, you know? Yeah. It's a huge thing. It and is to, to be part of it. To be part of a band is is massive. And and that period, um, we're getting a little bit stale when we were with, with Conrad. I still like the stuff. You know, I, I like it as much. Stuff like I've always said, I'm possessed. Jeff mm. hates it. Um, oh, and I'll say to him, you know, yeah, but it was it's still it's still important to some people. Some people pick up on that album and love it. Yes. And you know, you, you're allowed you're allowed to hate it, but you you also have to understand that they like it. And when we when we got together to do RV, I was I sort of said, look, you know, if we have to pick an era to kind of aim at, I would say primeval. No, I don't think we've done that. Okay, great, yeah. Um, I don't think we've done that, but that that that, that was what I wanted to happen was to, to to make it sound thick and punchy, like primeval did. Well, yeah, um, I did it. Look, I have. I, I, I'll let you know now. I did a very favourable re- review of RV, and I, I've actually. I've actually already done the monologue that I'm going to include at the end of the podcast that I'll post as a result of our discussion. Um, but I always feel, I feel that Ave is almost, I'm not going to say it's a sequel to Primeval, but it's, it's more or less cut from exactly the same cloth. Yeah, I think, I think um, when you look at all the different periods of Venom, I don't think that the, the um, Primeval era sounds anything like Wasn't the Hell or Black Metal. No. But I think you can still tell that both of those eras are Venom. Yes, and that was exactly you know, you the can, point you, that you, I made you, in my review. Pr- pr- yes. pr- Primeval didn't come out sounding like an Aussie album or sounding like an Iron Maiden album. It still sounded like Venom. Totally different singer. And that's quite difficult to change the singers and make it, you know, make it still sound like the band. And I think that blanket sound of Venom, we carried that on with our day. So although it sounds, if, you, if you're very specific about it, it's a lot cleaner, it's a lot brighter, it's a lot more modern than Primeval. However, it still sounds like Venom, you know, yes. playing those songs. So I think we've managed to do that, if anything. It still sounds like us. We haven't suddenly, you know, decided that, that we need to sound like Pantera or we need to sound like a new metal album, you know, new metal band, sorry. 
um, we've managed to keep it sounding like venom, and, and, and for that, that's the important thing, I think. Let me let me read to you just a paragraph of the review that I performed for Ave, and this is just a paragraph, as I say. So I'll, I'll just start the quote now. Okay. Make no mistake, though. Dolan's Venom contained the DNA of Welcome to Hell and Black Metal, but it was a far more noteworthy for improved musicianship and a more traditional forging of heavy metal songcraft. Ave is well and truly a part of the forgotten Venom legacy forged through high-quality yet overlooked albums from Primeval to The Wastelands in 1992. I highly recommend the reader explore these forgotten gems. So I think you and I, sorry, end quote, I think you and I are on the same page with this. I think we absolutely are, yeah. I think it's... Um... And if we hadn't have been, then I, I think Arve would have been... Don't get me wrong, I've read reviews. Most of our reviews are pretty good for it, but I've read reviews where people are being very honest and they're saying that, you know, this song doesn't do that or this song um, is a bit this or that. And people are being very honest with it, and I agree with that as well. Mm. Um, so I think, they, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people get what we're doing. And I think the the, the going back to your, your very early question or remark um we um we, we now kind of get the respect uh, and the understanding that we didn't get then you know in, in those earlier days um, yep. we get a lot more now where people are like people uh, and 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 this underground metal thing don't forget people are very very knowledgeable knowledgeable about their history they are, yes. and they all speak to each other more now with the, with the social media media and everybody will, will everybody will have an opinion, of course. And, you know, a lot of people still turn around and say Venom shit. A lot of people who like Cronus' Venom will, will very openly say how much they don't like Dolan. They don't pick on me and Jet so much, but Dolan gets a lot of flack hmm. um, because it, they feel that it, they, a lot of people feel it should be the the ultimate, you know, three, and that that, that includes Cronus, not Dolan. And Dolan takes it takes it on the chin an awful lot um, for that. Hmm. So. But he, but he will. He'll be the first one to tell you. I mean, I'm sure you'll speak to him. He'll be, the, he'll be the first one to tell you that it's better to have two venoms. He was a venom fan, a long time venom fan of, of Kronos, um, and me and Jeff. And when he did Adam Craft, that was a, a nod towards venom. Um, okay. And the, um, you know, he, he he fully understands. And I think he's he's due a lot of respect now, from sort of you know metal fans who who will pick this up maybe as their first venom album. And they might look back and say, oh, well, hang on, Prime Evil might be pretty good. How can I get it, you know? Well, so I think... There's a lot of that history, a lot of looking back. Yeah, you're right. And and look, you know, what my personal take on both outfits is that the Cronus-fronted Venom is akin to the Exorcist ragged Linda Blair, whereas the Dolan-fronted Venom Inc. is more like Hellraiser's brooding pinhead. And I think the two-band solution is rather sensible, yeah. to be frank. I really do. It is to me, you know, I always said, you know, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's water on the bridge, but I got into a, an argument um, with Conrad and Jeff when we did, um, you know, we, around the time that they did Resurrection. Oh, yeah. And I was supposed to play on Resurrection, and I didn't, I, re I refused to do it. Mm. But people t turn around to me and say, yeah, okay, so you don't, so you don't like Resurrection. I say, no, I'm not saying that. And they say, well, is that not Venom because you're not there? And my argument has always been, Venom were, were a three-piece. If there's two members of the original Venom in the band, then you should call that Venom. And that, to me, is, is, is fair. You know, if me and Jeff are playing together, then it should have the word Venom attached to it. Because a lot of people have also leveled at us and said you shouldn't call it Venom, call it Primeval or something. It's like, well, mm, that's not right. really fair because me and Jeff were in the band long before Conrad joined. That's correct, yeah. Um, so to attach, to, atta to attach the lo that logo, which is mine, with the original logo, 
and to attach the word venom to it in, in some shape or form. Um, it's legitimate in, in my eyes because there's two, there's two band members, you know. Well, I think it's rather sensible for another reason, and we're starting to see more of it. Now, I, I've spoken to David Vincent from Morbid Angel about this, but he's done something similar with uh, his, his band called I Am Morbid, and the fans love it. And to be completely yes. honest, God, I'll probably out myself here, but I actually prefer what he's doing with I Am Morbid to what Trey Zagtoth is doing with The Morbid Angel. And I've got to be frank again, I prefer what you okay. guys are doing over and above what Kronos is doing with Venom. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and you are listening to Scars and Guitars on 4 Triple Z Digital. You can take it or leave it. That's you know, great. you have the option. To, we're not saying, okay, okay, we're Venom now, so Kronos has to stop. What we're saying is you can have you can have his new album and ours. They're both there. Yeah, you're right. And and you, you mentioned earlier about fan reaction to the two-band solution. Um was there ever any doubt in your mind that Venom Inc. was the right name for you to move forward with? I mean, I know you've sort of answered the question before, but I just thought I'd reframe the question again. Yeah. Yes, uh, Jeff, Jeff specifically was very, very much against it. Hmm. Um, when, when Tony and Jeff were doing the band before this, they called the band Empire of Evil. That's right, yeah. And the Empire is uh, it, it, it's an amalgamation of the, the letters in the word Prime, so... It, there was another band called Primeval, so they couldn't use that. They, were, they very deliberately wanted to make their new band um, an extension of what the three of us did at that period, that Primeval period. So they very de- very deliberately did that with Empire of Evil. Right. Um, so they were kind of on that ta- on that tack anyway, and Jeff was very happy not to call it Venom anything. However, promoters who would book Empire of Evil wanted the word Venom on there somewhere because that's what sells tickets. Um, and Kronos was very, very, very against that to a point of sending out um, official letters. Um, when I when I joined, uh, when I went back and we put the band back together as as Venom, um, I said, you know, even more so, the promoters are going to use this Venom now. We need to defend it against Kronos. So he sent another couple of letters, which we got a solicitor down and sent back, mm. and, and then it stopped um, because he, he could see the legitimacy of me being there. Um, so it's tough, but Jeff was very against calling. Jeff wanted to call it Iron and Steel, which was lyrics from Die Hard, mm. um, okay. Legion's Iron and Steel. So Jeff wanted to call it. So what, if you look at the, the early uh, Venom Inc. t-shirts, it's got Venom Inc. on the top, and it's got my logo on the top, but it's also got Iron and Steel written underneath. And that was Jeff trying to hold on to that because he, he kind of didn't want to get into fights with Connor. He wanted to have a new band. He wanted to be new and different and fresh. And um, it's only since we've been going out so much and people have been telling him, you know, fans have been telling to his face, look, this is Venom. I don't care what Corona says, this is Venom. The way you play those songs, and even Jeff admitted it. Jeff did an interview in um, Rio de Janeiro, and I was gobsmacked because Jeff's never said this before. Right. Yep. But I, I kind of came up and joined in, joined, I joined in the, the interview midway. And Jeff said, like I had asked him, um, you know, how to make, how he, how he made the band sound as almost exactly as it did in the early days, you know, so, so, so sort of, so, so, um, so old school. And Jeff said, it's him, it's the drummer. It, it, every time he plays, when I play those songs, he says, it just sounds like that. It sounds, it mm. just sounds like the old days. And that, I was gobsmacked because he'd never admitted that before. <laughs> I mean, when, yeah. when, when this band started, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know how much you know, but when this band started, it was in the middle of an empire of evil set at keep it true festival. Okay. And Oliver had rang me, the guy who runs the festival, rang me and said, would you come over? 
Empire of Evil are going to play. Now, they were playing three old Venom songs. They did Countless Battery, they did Leave Me in Hell, and they did um, Black Metal mm-hmm. with, the, with the young Italian drummer. Um, so I was standing there waiting to go on, and they played the songs. And, and it's, it, the guy was great. He's a brilliant drummer. The songs sounded great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came on midway through their set, um, and we played old Venom songs. We played six old Venom songs. And everybody that was there, there was a big um, Venom fan club contingent there, and everybody was just like open-eyed, and they were like, how can the drummer make it sound like it's the right band again? Hmm. You've just played those songs with another drummer, with a better drummer, much younger, much better. How? And, it, and that's what's done it. It's like, for some reason, when I play, when I play drums in, in Jeff plays guitar, it just sounds right. It sounds like the band... Um, from you know, nineteen ninety, end of the eighties, 1990s, This kind of thing it just sounds right. It does. It just sounds right. There's something. I don't know how. It's a bit like the way I look at it. It's a bit like an old friend. Like, well, you know how you got mates from your childhood. Have you? When you see them after many years apart, yeah. And you sort of sit in the same room. You don't actually need to say too much after you've got the greetings out of the way. You can just sort of sit there and enjoy each other's company. I think that's a bit of the vibe that you're talking about when you play with Jeff, it's just something that's meant to be. It's something that rests very easily on people's ears. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And when you, um, when, when you're playing these songs live, which, which has been predominantly what's been happening, um, and we're playing these old songs live, when you get in the groove of a song, it's very comfortable. It's very easy to do. Um, and it just feels, and pe- people in the crowd kind of, react to that they feel part of it yes um, and the wave of um, of appreciation that comes over after every song and, and at the end of the set is gigantic it's, and, and don't forget these people now seriously like i said they're seriously knowledgeable and mm. they're able to go and see almost any band in the world and like you say with morbid angel you can see two versions of it and they go and you know they, they can say oh this is the fourth time i've seen metallica or the fifth time i've seen slayer um so, so they can easily pick us up and put us down again, uh, you know, and just say, "Well, it was all right, but you know, just another metal band." <laughs> but we don't get that. We get this wave after wave of appreciation. We played Slovenia on Sunday, Sunday night, and we we got put back, so we had to go on like two in the morning. And everybody had stayed till we till we turned up, and we got called back for three encores. And I mean, called back. It wasn't like we were going to say, "Okay, we didn't save any songs." We had we had to kind of go, "All right, what do we know? What haven't we played?" <laughs> And we had to do that three times, and and, and that's at three o'clock in the fucking morning mm. when it's been there's been thunderstorms all day. People, you know, and they've and they've, they've seen bands since what dinner time? You'd, you'd have thought, okay, I've seen the band, I'll go to bed now. But no, no, they were they were up there, you know, and it's fucking amazing. I think there's an enormous amount. You, you, sorry, I'll double back for a moment. You are right that metal fans are very knowledgeable, and because of that reason, there's an enormous amount of goodwill and respect toward the two of you. And, and I'm sorry, I'll, three of you. I'll include Tony in this as well. Metal fans being knowledgeable yeah, yeah. understand that he's an integral part of the legacy forged by Venom through the 80s and 90s. And there's also something else that is really important to note is that you can't look at a band photo of a black or a death, or maybe not a death metal band, but certainly a black metal band from the late 80s from Scandinavia or Europe uh, through the late 80s. And, and or photo, sorry, I'll start again. You can't look at a photo of a black metal band from the late 80s or early 90s if they came from Scandinavia or Europe and not see a band member wearing a Venom T-shirt. It, it was almost part of the standard, absolutely. standard Absol- shoe uniform. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, you see everybody wearing them. It's become this, you know, James and Lars have always got them on and, and, and Kerry King and, 
I mean, you know, you, you, Phil Anselmo's got a venom tattoo, and you know, yes. it's, it's it's all it's everywhere. It's, it's absolutely everywhere. And you're correct, and it's it's. Um, I mean, the, the, you know, you, you do get bands from that era who would turn around and say, "Oh, venom on black metal," because you know, and it's like they instantly get put down. It's like, mate, learn your history. Oh, bloody oath! Venom yeah. are black metal, and <laughs> what, what, what you what, what you are is the what you are is you, you're the son or daughter of that. You know, people ask me, "Are you proud of what what black metal become?" It's yeah, we we give them the ball and they ran with it, mm. and they took it into a whole new different place. And that's you know, if if you're a great engineer and you have a, have a child and your child becomes a a brilliant painter and decorator, you just want them to be the best painter and decorator that there is. You don't want to say to them, come over here and be an engineer and I'll show you how. You give them some, some help, but once they find their own feet, you want them to be the best at it. So mm. taking the ball and running, you know, that's, that's what it's about, you know, and it's, uh, it's, an, um, it's, it's humbling. It's really humbling to see, you know, professional musicians who, who um, are able to make a career themselves out of this and, you know, and, and, and build their own legacies. And that's a massive thing. That's you know, it's it, it's down in no short part to the um, the support of the metal underground right across the world, which which as you know is is gigantic. Um, and and you know, people buy so so much material, records and T-shirts and this kind of thing that it really does support where a lot of other music's gone to the wall. The metal underground has supported itself. The fans support the bands. Without the fans, it, there is nothing. There's just some guys playing in the garage. Yes, you're right. Hey, a question that's just come to me, and I've always wanted to ask you this. I don't know why I didn't plan for to ask you. I've got a little running sheet here of some questions that I'm planning to ask, but this isn't a part of it. But, but you know how a lot of these very attractive young ladies are now wearing Slayer and Morbid Angel T-shirts and Motorhead. They've always been wearing the Motorhead T-shirts, but have you guys got your licensing sorted out? So I have seen a lot of very attractive young ladies wearing Venom T-shirts, and I have no doubt that in the near future it's going to become a thing and it might even get licensed to a H&M or one of those um, high-end fashion shops. But has the Ven- who owns the Venom logo? Is that your good self? It is, yeah. Great. Um, okay. It's something that, we, um, that we've, we've looked at doing. I mean, there was, there's a bit of controversy over, I don't know if you've seen it, but Beyonce used the Venom logo and changed no, it to record with Beyonce and, and yeah. with her... Yeah, it's quite it's quite a, a big deal over here at the moment. Um, it's got her face instead of the Walton the Hell face, and it's got Beyonce, but with with the Venom lettering. Mm. Um, and um, we're, we're in the middle of, um, of of trying to sort that out because it's an um, it's a very obvious thing that she's done. Uh, well, good on you for doing that, mate. Props to you. Or, 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 or a generation's done because it's it's like it's it's all right to use that, but you still have to go back to the original person and say, is it okay if I do this? I wouldn't. I would not have said no. I would, however, have said, you know, yeah, you can use it, but, you know, let's, let's sort a deal out. What do you think of, like, Kim Kardashian, of all people, was wearing a Morbid Angel T-shirt a week ago. What do you think of this trend, though, of models and people who are in the spotlight and who have well over a million Twitter followers and Instagram followers wearing black and death metal attire? Well, I mean, there's two sides to it because um, there are more people, I guess, Look at Kardashians, then look at Morbid Angel, who could potentially go and seek out to see what the band's like. So you could look on that side and say, "Is it promotion?" You know, you could also look at it and say, from every metal fan's point of view, I guess, and say to her, "Name one Morbid Angel song." 
So, <laughs> you know, there's then two sides yeah. to it. Is, is, she, is, is it is it is 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 metal? Same as same as horror movies, I guess. You know, like when when you, you get an, um, a t-shirt with uh, with Reagan on, or like I said, Pinhead, or something. It, it, it's a very it's a very fashionable thing. And heavy metal music is has become fashion. I mean, don't forget a lot of the a lot of the, the models at the end of the seventies or whatever were wearing wearing um, bin bags and um, you know uh, sort of slashed stockings and tights and this kind of thing and, and trying to look punky, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. Get the London look and all this kind of thing. <laughs> Um, so you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's it, it's always it's, it's always going to be there, you know. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, for for every Kardashian, you're gonna you're gonna get a Gary Holt. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention Gary. <laughs> With actually. A car, kill the Kardashians. I know, and that was after What's that? that was after one of the Kardashian clan. I, I don't know the names of the um, sisters. Who are the other sisters? Not they don't have the surname Kardashian. No. They've got the other surname. Sorry, I can't. I'm not a. You can tell I don't keep up with popular culture in that regard. Sorry, but um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Was it Jenna? The little girls—they're called surname Jenna. I can't remember their first names. Anyway, they're wearing Slayer t-shirts, and then Gary Holt started to wear the "Kill the Kardashians" or "Fuck the Kardashians" t-shirt in response. Oh, I don't know whether it was in response, yeah. but it was after that. And I thought <laughs> he's not a fan. <laughs> he's made it pretty clear what he thinks. No, definitely not. <laughs> you know. That's what I mean. I think he's—he's not—he's not necessarily. I don't think. Against um, against the Kardashians, I think what he's against is what you asked, which is the culture of them wearing a Morbid Angel T-shirt or a Slayer T-shirt. I think that's what he's that's what he's kicking against, rather than just hating the Kardashians in general. It's very easy to to, to, to pick on them, but it's, it's also much easier to just ignore them. I think the fact that Gary's having a go is he's, he's actually having a go at the culture you're speaking about. I think there's more to it, and the reason why is because these little Jenner girls oh, okay. have been wearing heavy metal T-shirts. Kanye West has been spotted now more right. than a few times. I've actually I've got a Facebook page, and I've posted the images. He's been spotted wearing a Megadeth T-shirt and a Cradle of Filth T-shirt, and his wife, Kim Kardashian, of course, is famous, well, not famous, but she famously wore a Morbid Angel T-shirt. So I reckon somebody in that clan is actually a genuine fan of heavy metal because they don't seem to be taking the piss either. They seem to be doing it, and it's like, this is just part of what I'm wearing right now. It's not like they've done something like put a big right. st sticky or put some paint over it. It's like they're not a fan. They're not. What I'm saying is they don't seem to be wearing it ironically. They seem to be wearing it as if, like, this is just part of my clothes for the the day. So I've got to tell you, mate. I'm do you not think they just wear you... You're right. you go. Do you not think they're just wearing it, just wearing it to be um, a bit risky, a bit out there, a bit punk? I, I think yes, and, and, it, and it could have been any T-shirt. I think, um, I think, I think it could have been any. I think it could have been any band T-shirt as long as it was a, you know, some, something that turned heads. Well, I, I, the only reason I don't think that is because I haven't seen them in a good Charlotte T-shirt or a Sum Forty One T-shirt. I've only seen them wear these really heavy metal right. band T-shirts, like genuinely, like bands that heavy metal fans are proud to call their own. There's no conjecture over, well, as far as I'm concerned, there's yeah. no conjecture over okay. Cradle of Filth, Morbid Angel, and Slayer. You know what I mean? They're three heavy metal, they're three I, heavy I, metal I, fans. I'll yeah. tell you what, let's, let's me and you get together over a paint and we call <laughs> the Kardashians and see what they say. <laughs> I reckon... See well, if check out call, eh? <laughs> mate, I, I, ta I tagged Kanye and... Um, Kim Kardashian in my post. I never heard back though, so I'm a bit shitty about that. <laughs> oh well, there you, there you go. <laughs> but mate, I'm I'm really happy I'll send for him, you. I'll send him a, I, 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 you go, mate. What's that? Right. Oh, I'm just I'm really happy for you that you got the yeah, licensing sorted I'm, out. 
you know, the licensing of the image because it's such yeah. a well-known image and such. I mean, Venom is effectively a brand. Yes, yeah. I mean, it is, and and just you know, over everything we've been saying, it's it's an um, it's 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 become a a brand outside of the culture. You're talking about shops like H and M, you know, and, and other other places that mm. could potentially stop this thing. I don't know if I'd like them to, but that's not the point. The point is that it's 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 a brand that could potentially be um, seen in those those um, those circumstances, you know. So yeah, yes. I'm very very proud of it. No, good on you, mate. No, it's it, there's there's all sorts of issues I think with with ownership of trademark and bands these days. And if you don't mind me asking you this question, if if you've got the licensing or you own the trademark behind the Venom logo, how does Kronos perform under Venom and use that logo associated with his version of the band? It's just a case of at the moment um, not um, not wanting to stir a, a big. Okay, a lot gotcha. of hassle, you know, we're doing what we do and he's doing what he does. Um, he tried, as I said before, he tried to stop us um, mm. doing this and um, we sort of answered back and put him in his place, but we didn't, we didn't press that by saying, and furthermore, you can't use it. Mm. Um, it's, it's a case of um, if, if we do have to sit around a table with solicitors, it's going to get expensive on both sides, and neither of us are millionaires. You know, so mm. where do you find a happy compromise? We're being we're being um, successful with what we what we want to do with Venom Inc. And you know, in, in some degree, you just have to be happy with that. Well, I think the fans should be happy. I'm certainly happy. I don't see anything wrong with the two band solution. As I said, it's happening more and more. And uh, I've just realised there's another one. Um, LG uh, Petrov from Entombed has got Entombed AD, and um, Alex and Nikki are doing Entombed Entombed. In similar to what to what you guys have done with Venom, so it does work, and the fans aren't complaining. No, I think it's definitely it definitely does work. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I'm going to ask you a bit of a different question now. You have toured a lot, and by any measure, you've probably seen a lot on tour and in the studio. So you can be as not safe for work here as you like, because I do host an R-rated program. What's the craziest thing that you've seen, okay. heard, or have happened to you? <laughs> Wow, the craziest. I'd go back to um, a night that I was doing press with Kronos. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big drinker. I've, I've always been a... Uh, I come from a family of people who drink. Uh, Kronos wasn't very good at that, Conrad. He wasn't very good at drinking. And we did we did a... Um, we did an, uh, 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 an interview that was in a, in a recording studio. We went to a recording studio in, um, in Holland. Um, and it was it was a, a nice studio, very expensive studio, and the the the, um, the glass partition between the control room and the studio was like six foot square. It was huge, and there was an air gap of about a foot in between. But thick, really thick, heavy duty glass. Um, and we turned up. We had a stretch limousine when we, we were touring, sort of going around doing different bits. And the, the, the company paid for a nice car, and this car was white and white leather interior, full J <laughs> seat on the back, full white leather interior. And we went into the room and Cronus had had a bit of a drink. And the young guy came in, the engineer came in and, and, and changed the microphone settings, the shape of the microphone. And he went back in the control room and Cronus stood up and changed the mic. Changed it around, you know, the shape of it. Yep. Um, so the young guy had to come back in again, did it again. Cronus stood up, changed it again. And within about a split second, I mean, he'd only had the neck of a bottle of whiskey. Within a split second, he went at the kid to hit him. 
But he forgot that the glass was in the way, and he went straight through two plates of sheet glass. Jesus Christ, yeah. And right. the glass was everywhere. There was blood everywhere. I grabbed him and pulled him back, and there was glass flying everywhere. He just lost his ship, totally lost it. And we got bundled out the side door and into this stretch limousine. And I was trying to cut. There was blood everywhere in this car. I was cut. He was cut. Mm. And he just stopped. You know when you get that moment when somebody who's that drunk just stops and looks at you? And he tried to bite me, bite me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we were fighting. I punched him in the mouth. There was blood everywhere. And hair pulling. There was fucking, you know. And uh, <laughs> the, the guy took us to the hotel. And he was like, you know, you're going to get bills for this. And the manager was there. And we wound up. He, he, he came for me again. We wound up in this fucking canal. And it was, it was fucking, it was ludicrous. It was just Jesus. a fucking ludicrous night. And we, we, we got into bed and the fucking three in the morning from the police turned up and they said, you know, this guy, you know, he's turned up and he, he's in the, um, he's in the, 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 um, the, like the food storage area in the hotel. He'd broken in to get something to eat. He was hungry. Yep. And he had no shirt on. He was covered in cuts. And he's sitting there, hair all over the place, broken nose, soaking wet, covered in blood, sitting eating raw meat in, in this fucking... And we were like, oh, fucking great. So they took, our, <laughs> took the passports off us. And we, went, we, we spent a day in jail till the record company could get us out and get us get our passports back and on a plane home. It was just the most fucking intense night of my fucking life. <laughs> you are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was my conversation with... Anthony Bray, a.k.a. Abaddon, the drummer in the band Venom, a.k.a. Venom Inc. Thank you so much for listening.